Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and I am so glad you've joined me again for another episode of the show. Today on the show, I'm doing two things. Number one, I've got a little update about uh, what I'm doing now, what I'm doing next. Uh, some of you have asked about that, which has been very kind um, and, and just in curiosity and uh, I really appreciate it. So uh, a little update on what's coming up next for me, as well as uh, a sort of final set of reflections on my time uh, in my last job as a CEO, here's a hint, my next job is not as a CEO, and so it's given me occasion to think through that. Got a couple things coming um, in that respect. So uh, stay tuned for both of those, and we'll jump in. Yeah, so some of you uh, have asked about um, what is gonna, what is going on next, if I've made any decisions about my next project and that sort of thing, and um, that has been, uh, I do, I feel, I'm uh, really grateful for that. There's people who I don't know who are just interested in asking and um, who've expressed in the midst of that appreciation for the show and, and for all of that for, um, and it, it's just, it's just really encouraging. So thank you to those of you who have, um, who have reached out in that way. It's so funny. Like, you know, you, he you hear all the time about how mean everybody is on the internet. And of course people are mean on the internet plenty of times, but um, I have just experienced, and, and this is so true of my experience and, and my friend's experience as well on sort of like the e-commerce internet and the in e-commerce Twitter and that sort of thing. Um, people are just so nice and just encouraging to one another. I think a lot of us are just uh, recognize that everybody else is just trying to grow good quality businesses and build something cool and um, sell products they love and uh, and all that and build agencies that they are proud of and, and all those things. And so, um, so I've definitely felt that and I really appreciate it. So um, as for what's next for me, um, I am at least for a little while going to freelance. Um, so you know, I my um, wife recently gave birth to our second son, and so um, I've got a little guy at home on top of a, a two-year-old, and it is so tired in my house right now. <laughs> um, but um, in the midst of that, I really um, am prioritizing for me um, sort of freedom and flexibility, and that was one of the things that kind of came to the surface is the possibility of doing that. And and as I kind of looked around and had a lot of conversations about what was best for me in the landscape of, of my next steps, um, I had a number of relationships that kind of rose to the top and the number of interests that rose to the top where it just, it looked like the best opportunity for me was going to be, hey, I, you know, you and I have talked before, maybe I can be more help to your business um, than we sort of realized. And, and uh, that that sort of conversation happened a few times. So um, over the next couple of months, I'm going to be taking on a couple brands. Um, uh, I think essentially the way to think about it would be um, as an outsourced VP of e-commerce. I think, uh, or you know, not quite CMO, really with a focus on building a great e-commerce business for some really, really good quality brands. Um, for now, I will keep what those brands are uh, closer to my chest. I don't know. Um, how, how much I'll be able to talk about those specifics as part of what I'm doing next. Um, but that's something I'm really, really excited about um, just to get into really kind of focusing on where I think I'm the strongest and best, which is on the growth side of things. Um, at the same time, uh, this and this is the part that maybe I will have a little more freedom to talk about, is that I am really excited to be back in the fold at Common Thread Collective in a, in a contractor freelance kind of role. But I have gotten the opportunity talking with Taylor uh, Holiday and, and uh, some others uh, there, Orchid, um, just about the possibilities of um, how I can still be helpful in that world. Uh, I'm, I'm still a partner in the, in the parent company Dream Labs and 
Um, and so as I was kind of looking at my next things, Taylor and I were talking and saying like, well, I got a couple things that, that uh, you'd be great for. So um, that is going to be really cool. I'll say more about what those projects are. Some of it is just pure client service, which is super fun. Um, getting to kind of get my hands dirty and some of that stuff and stay fresh on some, some, some knowledge, look at a couple more businesses. And then some of it is going to be some other projects uh, as well. So kind of a few things going at once. Um, but uh, that is where I'm at right now. So, so for those of you who have asked, that is where the update is. And that means that for the sake of this show, it's going to keep going. Uh, and that's probably the most relevant detail here and why I think it's most important to share it. Um, for now, one of the things that I'm committed to as part of even my time is to make sure um, that the e-commerce playbook podcast continues. There's been continued appreciation expressed for it. Uh, again, that is the most encouraging thing to me when people are saying that this has been helpful to them in building something and, and I, you know, it's just the coolest. So, um, so wanted to keep that going and, and definitely wanted to have an opportunity to keep doing that. And because I'm staying in the sort of CT, CTC ecosystem, that means I'm able to um, access all kinds of information that I can pass along to you. Um, so it'll be a little different than before, I think, in terms of the kind of week over week playbook element of things. And, uh, and we'll see uh, with some of the freelance stuff what I can share and what I can't. That's going to be a little bit up to sort of what my clients have an appetite for and how much they want to build and how honest they want to be, how much they want to build in public and how honest they want to be. That's not everybody's cup of tea, and that's totally fine. Um, but um, but on the CTC side, I'll have all kinds of stuff to share. So that's the update on that, and uh, that's what's happening next. Again, um, super appreciate all the people who have asked. Um, and uh, I'm going to keep going on this episode. I've got a few more things to say. I want to take one last step. Um, to talk about a little bit more of some sort of broad reflections on um, the CEO job, uh, what is required of it, um, what it takes to be good at it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I've got some stuff out right now about some ways in which I failed at it and, um, and what I learned from that. And so I want to kind of talk about some more of those things with a few, uh, a few different reflections on that. So, um, so we'll take another little break, hang in here, and we'll jump into that part. So some of what I'm about to say, I think, falls into the category of advice, and some of it falls probably into the category more of reflection, but it's sort of just some wrap-up thoughts on um, what that job of being a CEO is like, and really, I think, what it's like to grow in executive leadership as you build a company. Um, there are varying degrees of all the things I'm about to say, that as you grow in a company, and as you add responsibility, and as you grow in your career, these all become part of it. Um, and so whether or not you are a running a company, you're a founder, you're a CEO, or um, whether or not you're growing or want to be an executive or something, my hope is that this would be, be helpful to you as you sort of think about um, what it looks like to scale, to scale in your career, to scale an organization, uh, et cetera. So, um, okay, the first of those, first reflection on um, being a CEO, and th this really is more of a reflection, is to understand what you are in it for as much as possible. As much as possible, this is sort of a self-knowledge issue. Here's the thing. Um, the more leadership you take on and the tip, and the more compensation you take on, typically, the more responsibility you have in a company. And with responsibility comes um, comes demand and obligation and all of those things. And really with it comes pain um, and in certain ways. The, the more responsibility you take on, the more you are the person who must be the owner of things um, at least if you're any kind of a decent leader, um, and, and must be the bearer of things when they are hard. 
Um, and so my experience at times as CEO is that it came with a lot of stress and a lot of challenges. And, uh, you know, it's not news to anybody listening to this show that the last year was pretty hard in e-commerce for all kinds of reasons. And that was certainly true for 400 for me. It wasn't because of the people I was working with. They're great. They're great people. I love, I love working with them. And I like the brands that I was working on. Like, you know, it's just wasn't... Wasn't like that. It's just that in any of those issues, it's going to be painful. I had this great conversation with Taylor at one point. I don't remember if I've shared this on the show or not, but um, you know, as we were talking about sort of like what I wanted to do next and sorting through that issue and and whether or not I, I wanted to continue as CEO, he said one thing you need to realize is that however bad you think it is now, if you continue on, you need to know that it's going to get worse. <laughs> and that's from somebody who scaled a larger organization than me. Um, and I, I just love that point because I think when you're not in those hi higher level executive positions, it's really easy to get sort of rosy eyed about, um, about, you know, or, or like, or like to have these expectations that it's just going to be so fun. You're gonna get paid so much money and, you know, be a fat cat or whatever. Um, and look, I'm, I'm sure that happens in, in some companies, but I think for a lot of people, the job, the, the growth that happens, especially if you care about it and are behaving with integrity um, that that growth um, comes with a level of responsibility. It just means that at times it's really, really, really hard. Uh, and so what there are a lot of hard things in life. And I think what you have to decide and what certainly what I, maybe I'll just speak for myself here. What I had to have to decide for myself is where do I want to invest the energy on hard things? Because there's plenty of opportunities to do hard stuff. You, you can go, I mean, if you want to go train for a marathon, it's going to be hard. Like it just is, right? That's that's why you feel good about accomplishing it. It's You're going to put yourself through pain to go do that. Um, you know, or if you want to go, whatever, any, any kind of physical um, uh, output like that, right? That, that, that's like that. Um, at times, like, uh, you know, marriage is really hard. Uh, I've been married for 13 years and um, at times it has been very, very, very hard. Now, I don't run marathons, I am still married. And there's a reason that there's a difference between those things. One of them is that I do not care about running a marathon. I hate running, actually. Well, I don't hate it. I just don't find any pleasure in it. I know there's a lot of people who go for a run and they, ha they experience something somebody tells me about called a runner's high. I mean, that sounds made up to me. Like th the notion that you would go and just enjoy running for the sake of it sounds crazy. I will run in workouts Regularly, I, I don't, I don't totally despise it, but it's just pure work. It's, it's, it's discipline. It's something I do for the sake of being a part of a workout regimen that I think is good for me, and and I do care about you know uh, my my physical health and, and, and fitness and wellness. So, um, so I'm not going to train for a marathon. I'm not willing to put myself through the pain of that. Marriage, on the other hand, is glorious and amazing. <laughs> it is. It's really hard, um, and and at times it's really it's really challenging. But I love my wife, and I love our family. And I love, um, I love what comes with it. And so I'm really willing to go take on the hard parts of that because of that. When you take on the responsibility of, of increased leadership in a company, I think you need to think about it the same way, especially if you do go into that CEO chair. Um, for me, I was never really the owner of 4x400. It wasn't my thing the way it was other people's thing. Um, and so it became very hard for me at some points to go to, to keep going on some of the hardest parts um, without feeling like this was really mine. What's more, I, I think, um, you know, we've talked about this idea of a $150 million vision for the company. What I didn't really realize, and, and a lot of this stuff I didn't realize until I got into it, by the way. I got into being the CEO, really excited to go take it on, and just, you know, it was the, it was the next thing, and I'm a 
achiever. You know, I like to do stuff. And so I kept going. Um, but came to realize another thing here, which is that the vision for the company, where it was trying to get to, was not something that was mo- that was primarily motivating to me. And so the more responsibility I took on in the company, but 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 was not connected to it as the owner, not the owner of any of the brands. I mean, I have an equity position, um, you know, that would vest over time, but um, uh, but was not was not the real owner, not the real founder of it. It wasn't my original vision. Um, the ultimate big vision for a big uh, exit was not the thing that I personally cared the most about. And and as it got harder, those intrinsic motivations weren't there, and therefore. Um, I, it was harder for me to want to keep going and to keep summoning the energy to go solve the next very hard problem and put myself through the pain of the next very hard conversation, because those are all part of it. And that's what you have to be willing to do to keep going. So, um, I think there's this element of knowing there are lots of hard things in life and a lot. And in fact, I am sort of obsessed with this idea right now. I'm thinking so much about, um, (laughs) I mean, this is going to sound like a silly example, but every time I resist the temptation to gourd, to to eat too many sweets. I think I'm thinking about it in my head right now. You know what? This is really hard to resist this temptation right now, but I care about it. I want to be healthy. And so that's why I'm making this decision. And so I'm going to make the hard decision for the thing that I care about. Um, I think about it all the time with the fact that I sleep very little right now relative to how much I would like to be sleeping because I have a mo- one month old son. And, um, and I think regularly about, you know what? It's worth it. Get up again, be present with my family again, as best as I possibly can you know, giving myself some grace for the fact that I'm probably not going to be the whatever version, the very best, most productive version of myself, uh, most attentive version of myself while I'm waking up four times a night with a child in the room, whatever. Um, but in the middle of that, uh, it's, it's hard and it's so worth it and it's so good. Um, and so with the company, I think you have to decide the same thing. Um, I love the idea and the distinction between, um, work as missionary and work as mercenary. I'm, I'm sure I've talked about that on here somewhere before, but I think it's worth reminding you of. Um, one, if you, you know, some founders, some owners are so um, excited about, so passionate about the, the work that they're doing itself because it's their thing and they built it and it's their idea that they have a real almost missionary kind of fervor about it. It's like they just have to do this thing. It's just what they want to do so much. And yeah, they get compensated more and they have an equity position and all that stuff. And so, but they're not really doing it because they're striving for a giant exit. They're doing it because they, they just are entrepreneurs who love it and whatever. Right. And so that person is probably willing to work harder for less money in the short term, at least, um, to, to do that. You know, um, for some people work is, is mercenary and, um, and that's where you're getting paid to do a job, um, and, your goal in that is to certainly to behave with integrity and do a good job, but to make the most money possible. And that's what you're doing. I think you need to know um, what you are relative to your work and who you are, because if you are trying to take on the pain of that kind of job, but with a mercenary um, role, and if you're trying to do that and you're not paid as much as you want to be paid, then it's going to be really hard to sustain that. So, um, so yes, know who you are relative to the pain of taking on more and more leadership as you grow, know what things you're committing yourself and your time to so that when the hard times come, you have intrinsic motivation to see it through. Um, that I think, um, is my number one overall takeaway from this experience. And it really shapes, I think how much I'd be willing to go take on a CEO role again at some point. If I did it, I think I would have to have, um, uh, I, I would, I would be evaluating the opportunity along these lines first. Okay. Secondly, and this is related to that. Um, with increased responsibility, and I, I uh, hinted at this earlier, specifically comes increased obligation. 
it comes with obligation to um, employees. It comes with obligation to um, to partners, and it comes with obligation potentially to investors. Um, and this is another element that I think is very much related to that first thing I said, but very specifically, um, it's connected to the people. You now are taking on obligation to people, and it's the same thing. I would I would just make as certain as you possibly can that those are people that you want to take on obligation to. And this is something I would say is a plus side for what I got to be at, at Forever 100, especially for the people who I was most connected to, namely, um, you know, Taylor and some and and Joshua Darnell, other partners of ours, who are those people who, um, you know, my biggest regret about um, 4F400 not going all the way the way we wanted it to go. My biggest regret about that was that was the way that um, that the obligation that I had taken on to them didn't work out the way that we had hoped. Um, I'm not going to say I let them down because I don't know if they would put it in those terms, but um, but it, it you know it didn't go the way we wanted, and so maybe I did let them down and. Um, and those are people that I care about a lot and who I value a lot. And so that obligation that I took on was a really important part of it. And I think sometimes I didn't take that seriously enough as well, um, that, I, that, you know, I was tasked to do this um, by some people. And certainly they, it was their responsibility to compensate me accordingly. And I would say they did. But, the, um, but so it's, it's, you know, it wasn't just charity. It wasn't pure missionary in that respect. Uh, but I take on that obligation. And then at this other level, there is this question, and this is this is a specifically for those who are thinking about whether or not they want to raise money as a CEO. Um, man, it is so crucial that you decide if you want that obligation or not because the moment you take someone else's money, you are taking on real obligation to them to create a certain kind of outcome that you want. And you just have to decide, I think, again, it's the same, it's kind of that same thing as I was saying in, in that first reflection. Um, if you don't want to take on the stress of going really big and scaling a lot, then you better not take on money from investors who want to do that just because it would make the beginning of your stage earlier and you'd have more uh, beginning of your, your company in, in the early stages easier and you'd have more cash. Uh, I just think that's a bad idea. You are taking on obligation to outcomes. Uh, if you don't want that obligation, do not take it on. Uh, and that means you might have to say, well, I'm not going to pursue as big of an outcome. Um, but that's just another element of specifically for that person in that chair, you have to decide if you want to take on that obligation or not. All right, number three. Um, and this is something you've heard before, but um, this is certainly my experience. The required skills um, for jobs as you go higher up in companies change significantly from earlier skills. Um, this may be about uh, execution versus management, uh, which are two different skills. And great um, executors, sometimes they're brought into management in ways that they should not be. And sometimes people are kept out of management because they aren't that good of executors, even though actually they would be great managers. And so the, um, so, so those are two different things. But, um, but you know, Taylor and I talked about this on, on the episode about um, failures. And I don't want to repeat too much from that episode. Um, but um, financial skills and, and uh, sort of company process building and company um, management become core more and more of the most important skill sets the higher you go. I think this is actually true not just at the CEO level, though it's the most pronounced there, but it's true also at other executive levels. Um, the, more, the more that you rise in a company, the more you have to get good in those areas. And one thing that I failed to do in those was actually pursue the kind of growth in those areas that I had previously, I would say, pursued pretty actively um, as I thought about other areas of my uh, my professional growth, like when I was learning Facebook ads and I was just dead set on learning everything I could. Um, I 
you know, some of the things that are a little bit harder to quantify skill, uh, quantify skills, like, like some of the management stuff, um, you know, that, that is, there's plenty out there to, um, to help you with that. I, this is where like a coach probably is a really good idea. Um, but, but just, you have to know, you have to know that you are, uh, taking on as you rise in those, in, in a company, right. That those become the most important skills, management process, finance, those kinds of things. Uh, for for most for most people, I think I think at least in my experience that's the case. And I made a lot of comp- made a lot of poor decisions in part, um, not just because I didn't do those things well, but also because I just didn't had not applied myself to really developing those skill sets the way I had at other areas of my career. So um, the more you grow, it becomes incumbent on you to think about a differing set of skills than the skills that got you there. Um, there's lots of help out there for that stuff. There's lots of great books. There's lots of great coaches and leaders and all those kinds of things. But I would just say, make sure you know that as you, again, take on that next stage of obligation, that you're pursuing the, the requisite skill sets that go with it. Okay, number four. Um, I've now done a, a decent amount of public reflection on um, mistakes that I made in this. Um, and I just want to um, make this point again. At least for me, um, that job has been incredibly stretching incredibly hard at points. And at the same time, especially the more I realize like what I was, how the more I'm able to step back from it and reflect on it, just how much I learned. Um, I would really strongly encourage you to get comfortable with doing things wrong, with failing, and as much as you possibly can to develop humility around getting input. Because, um, and I'm not, (laughs) this is classic, right? Like, listen to, listen to how humble I am, you know, like that's silly, but, um, but as much as you're able to cultivate, uh, input to have people to process difficult moments with, um, they will come right in any job they will come. Um, and again, I think the more responsibility you take on, the more you can see the net, like just the sort of ripple effects of your mistakes when they happen. Um, and so even if you do a great job, you'll make some mistakes, of course, um, and finding ways to let that be something that develops you, that, that your experience and your mistakes um, become become um, gifts to you as you're able to uh, see them and reflect on them. Um, I think the better you will grow, the better you will develop, uh, I think. I mean, I think I am growing and developing in those ways. I think I would do a much better job now than I would have done two years ago. Um, and I think in part it's because I have people around me who are quite willing to point out the failures, but also do that from a place of trust and and care for me. And so I'm, I'm willing to let them, it's still painful. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks really bad. But, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, oh yeah, I'm totally comfortable doing things wrong anytime. And if you want to point them out, great. I feel awesome about it. It's not like that. But, um, but, uh, but when you've got tr- trusting relationships with people that you've let in to help you process that kind of stuff, I think it really helps, uh, because it is stretching. It is hard. Um, I think in the midst of that, you can also fail your way, fail your way and mistake your way into not just sort of um, professional growth, but uh, lots of human growth. This stuff all is very human. And, uh, and, and there are technical skills and professional skills. That's a, you know, the bulk of the job, but you're also a person at the end of the day. And the way that you um, are being shaped and formed is going to matter. And, and the people who are able to do that with you um, can, this can be um, the, the more of this obligation you take on, this is where this can be such a gift well beyond this. I think about um, things that I have learned through this job that are mattering to me in, in areas and spheres of my life outside of this job, in my family and in my church and with my friends as they go through stuff and, and all those kinds of things. Um, it can really matter. So 
Um, so yes, um, failure can be a great gift to you, especially if you're able to surround yourself with people who can help you point it out. So I could go on and on. It's been a reflective time, as I've said a couple times now, um, but wanted to share those couple things with you uh, and uh, and let you know. And as we go on to the next thing, thanks so much for listening uh, to along to this whole part of what it's been like on this podcast and in this journey. Thanks again for all the encouragement along the way. So that's it for today. Pivot point here in the podcast. I hope you'll stay with me as we uh, move on to what's next. I'm going to um, hopefully actually just have a whole bunch more experiences and, and stories and businesses to draw on uh, as I am back in the CTC ecosystem and able to, um, or not ecosystem, I was in that before, back in CTC itself and able to interact from the broad, broad range of businesses that we have access to and can see there. It's just, I'm, I'm even immediately as I've dug back in there for a couple weeks here, so much and seeing so much across a range of different businesses. So um, I will, of course, share those with you as much as I possibly can. We'll see how this content shapes up, hopefully to help you build an awesome business um, and an awesome brand and, and to enjoy doing it along the way. As always, uh, reach out to me on Twitter at Andrew J. Ferris. Tweet at me publicly, DM me either way. Um, I will respond almost for sure. Um, and I uh, would love to hear from you there. If there is um, anything if you want to be helpful to us, what I would love for you to do would be to rate and review this podcast or share it with some friends who you think it would be helpful to. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you next time.